Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Every Horror Movie on Netflix. It's the podcast where we watch, review, and discuss every horror movie on Netflix. I'm Patrick, and I'm back this week from what sounds like it was a really incredible choice of bye week on on my part, y'all. It sounds like the open house. I really dodged a bullet on that one. But I'm here with a couple of guys who did watch the open house last week. Chris? Yeah, that that's in poor taste. That's like you're in... The the diner getting a milkshake while your friends went off to D-Day and you're like, oh, yeah, I was getting a milkshake. Sounds pretty rough. Uh, I guess I picked a good week to get a milkshake instead. Yeah, I, I honestly comparing the two movies. Oh, this is Steven, by the way. Hi, guys. Comparing the two movies, I mean, if I could pick a week to miss, it would have been this one. You still got fucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said, I, I was going to say, I feel like I uh, am getting my, my punishment. I mean, you guys are doing double duty here with these two back to back. But we're we're going to be talking today about The Blue Whale. That's our film of the week. Um, and mm-hmm. boy, was it a doozy, for me at least. But before we get into that, we'll do our little horror catch up. As usual, we always talk at the top of the episode about what horror movies, books, comics graphic novels content we've been consuming lately uh what have you guys been up to i watched jennifer's body again and i'm putting together a hypothesis that the whole movie's about 9-11 i knew it i was gonna ask you i was gonna gonna be like is it about 9-11 because there's a lot of 9-11 shit in it and that bothered me the first time because I was like, why is there all this 9-11 shit in this movie? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't seem to be thematically relevant. I don't think it is thematically relevant, but I'm making it thematically relevant with my grand theory. I'm just developing it. That's okay. all you get for now. Are you going to write a think piece uh, or a scholarly there'll article? There will be a letterboxed review at least. At least. Okay. Close uh, enough. But that's that's about it for me. Yeah, I um wow, haven't really been up to much horror wise. I watched the uncut version of um the original My Bloody Valentine with one of my other single friends this weekend. That movie's always a blast. Not a gore hound, but uh did kind of enjoy the, the extra goriness in this version of it. That's all I got, Patrick. Um, well, I, it's been a couple of weeks, so I, I have a few things. I uh, read Stephen's copy of The Cabin at the End of the World, actually, to prepare myself to go see Knock at the Cabin, which I have not actually done yet because I've heard some pretty mixed reviews on that. Um, enjoyed the book. Still, I don't know, still chewing over the ending. Don't know how I feel about the ending even now. Um, and it's definitely, uh, A Head Full of Ghosts is still definitely my favorite work of Paul Tremblay, who's the author of The Cabin at the End of the World. But I enjoyed it. It was gripping. I will say that for it. I pretty much could not put it down. It's a page turner. So it's literally gripping. You were gripping the book. I was. While you were reading I it. was. Although okay. I grip pretty much every book while I read it. So it's not too special in that regard. White knuckle. Yeah. 400 I, pages of bad road. Just reading fucking Emily Bronte and he's white knuckling <laughs> it. Every book he reads. Okay. Well, I mean, you grip, you physically grip any book you read. What are you talking about? You hold it. Grip sounds a little more like you're putting a little bit more energy. Oh, into just it. like exerting pressure on those pages. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I can't, I don't, I don't know if I can say that for the cabinet, at the end of the world or really any, any book that I've ever read, but I, it was, it was thrilling. Um, I also saw fucking infinity pool, which who boy, that was an experience. Um, I still am not entirely sure what to make of it. I've had some very interesting conversations with the, uh, person I went to see the film with friend of the pod. Um, but, uh, wow. Yeah there's a lot to be read into it, but it is kind of a Chris thing where it's like, is the meaning actually there? Are you imposing meaning on it? Regardless, it was visually stunning, a lot of extremely memorable moments in it and didn't go close to where I was expecting it to go. Um, so I was glad that I went in pretty dark on that one, having not seen a trailer or read any reviews or anything. And yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I was, I was going to pivot to one last thing, but you, you go. Oh, I think imposing meaning on stuff is pretty valuable, too. You know? It's like the whole thing with Halloween. John Carpenter's like, the point of the movie was he wears a fucking mask and he stabs people. And people are like, no, it's actually about sexual mores and (laughs) all that stuff, you know? Well, you know, and I'm not, I'll try not to go too far down a rabbit hole with this one, but I always think of something I read back when I was taking film classes, when I was sort of thinking about majoring in film in college, and I read some analysis of Vertigo, and I will never forget specifically them mentioning how in the opening scene in that chase over the rooftops, you can see flashing green and red lights on some building in the background. And the the author said something along the lines of, this is, you know, Hitchcock setting up his theme about the duality of man or something. And I'm like, okay, was he really, or they're just a couple like a green flashing light and a red flashing light in the background you know it's like sometimes when there's smoke it's just a smoke machine honey as nico case would say Mm -hmm. but i think my my take on this sort of school of thought is like fine make infinity pool about 9-11 impose that meaning on it i think too often where i stumble and have an issue with this is when the uh the writer the critic whatever posits this as truth as the director's actual intention it's like if you want to come up with a, a grand theory of why toy story is actually about 9-11 cool i'm interested to hear it don't tell me that's what john lassiter was trying to do you know that's yeah. that's that's where i stand on that whole yeah school well, of thought. well i mean i think i think it's hard to make art and not reflect the culture somehow and you know when you're putting a green light in the background, that's not necessarily a decision you made. But when you write a story, you write a character, you write a line of dialogue, it's reflecting something. And, and, and there's value in commenting on that and assigning your own meaning to it. Yes, Jennifer's body probably isn't trying to say the things about 9-11 that I'm stretching to pull from it. But I'm doing that for entertainment purposes only. Yeah. it's yeah. It, They're interesting conversations to have at the very least. I mean, I posited at one point that Star Wars, The Phantom Menace, caused 9-11. So... We're in the same boat uh, I mean, to some degree, have. at least. Might have. You never know. Last thing I saw in the past week or two was Delicatessen. Finally caught, caught up to that for the first time, and that was that was a treat. I you know I don't think there's any shortage of people praising uh, that film over the past 20-some years, but um, delightful. So let's... Nice, yeah. But, let's get into this shit. Let's talk about a movie that uh, is... Uh, again, I, I'm not going to try and speak for others, but at least in my book, decidedly less delightful. And that film is The Blue Whale. Uh, it's an Egyptian film, and it is about a bunch of young people who get caught up in uh, kind of the shady machinations around a uh, kind of viral app-based game called The Blue Whale. 
where they are assigned a task every day for 50 days. The tasks become increasingly um, sort of dark uh, and lead to a lot of self-harm um, and ultimately to suicide at the end of the 50 days. That's the final task assigned to people who participate in this game. Opening scene, we see a young man who has reached day 50 uh, take a, a fatal leap from the second floor of his house. It was like, okay, this man would not just hit the ground and die immediately. He might walk away with a broken leg. What's hilarious is like the way that it's cut he the actor barely even taps his cheek onto the ground like he's already laying down and he just kind of like he's going off to sleep like he's going to take a little nap there's a lot of parts of this movie where the the movie um, butts up against its budget or possibly censorship because yeah like you see this guy like at the top of the house arms outstretched you see his head like just dip out of frame and then you see like a shot where he's like you know his his torso is like six inches elevated over the ground and he like thumps down on it <laughs> but god god love him you know this is this is a low budget movie um it's an egyptian film we saw 122 from egypt but we haven't seen a lot else from egypt you know um they their cinema uh program might be a little little bit in its infancy over there it may be the narrative of this just really blew my mind there's so many stops and starts and just strange ass characters whose motivations and behavior fluctuates wildly from scene to scene there's so many threads left hanging by the end of this i mean you taught you guys talked about the red herrings in open house last week like there's man, there's just a lot going on in this and very little of it that pays off or goes anywhere. I don't know what the fuck happened in this movie. I don't either. (laughs) I mean, I have a vague, I have a vague idea that like, okay, so this is where like, I, I feel like I didn't even see a movie. Like it just follows like so few of the conventions of filmmaking. Like I struggled to even like put together like who some of these people were, how they were connected to each other, how they were connected to the events at the beginning of the film. Then we kind of, Things start to kick off and there is like a little bit of a shape to it, but we still have these cutaways to like increasingly bizarre side <laughs> characters, including um, the, the the woman who wields nunchucks <laughs> in her <laughs> introduction. <laughs> oh yeah, because yeah, we've got this group of, again, young people, some of whom are related to the young man who dies in the opening scene. We've got like kind of our cast of, I don't know, what, four or five protagonists who are kind of trying to figure out what's going on here. What's up with this app? Is it a conspiracy? Is it mystical? Is it, you know, what's going on? And then, as Steven said, we've also got this sort of uh, B plot about the, the masterminds behind this, which is this old guy who has a strange backstory that I think is supposed to be significant to the plot, but I really didn't understand his motivation. He wants to, he was, he was run out of Egypt. He and his family were run out of Egypt for political reasons that I'm sure are rooted in history that I know nothing about. Um, but he wants revenge on those who ran them out of Egypt. Not quite sure how that translates into killing young Egyptian kids through the app, but that's his deal. And then there's nunchuck woman, which also did not understand frankly what her role was in all this but she was a bizarre presence too it's just man there's a lot going on yeah so and yet I mean, so little going on i think we should say right off the bat that this is actually inspired by a possibly true story yeah which i did not know until maybe in like the last 
10 minutes of watching this movie, I was able to find a review that casually mentioned that it was based on the blue whale. And I was like, wait. You mean Paya Khan? Uh, <laughs> oh, it's been a it's been a big few months for the whale cinematic universe. I know, right? Con, we've got uh, uh, Brendan, Brendan Fraser, Fraser, the whale. We've got the blue whale now. Like, I mean, it's time for like a Free Willy reboot or something. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, shock to learn. I mean, they, that uh, this uh, is a real if thing. They, when they reboot Free Willy, it's just going to be called Willy. <laughs> it's it'll be called Free, <laughs> just Free. <laughs> Uh, no, it'll be the title will be Willie and the tagline will just be free with a period. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but and, no, I yeah, I was shocked to hear it was based on a real thing. Well, maybe real thing. The maybe true story is pretty chilling, actually. It's uh, a whole bunch of teen suicides were taking place around mm-hmm. the globe, like largely in the Mid East and in Russia, but all throughout Europe and even in the United States and Latin America, like all over the globe, there were these teen suicides. Now, of course, there's teen suicides all over the world. And so some of the evidence against this uh, urban legend is that maybe this is all just a coincidence because there's so many kids committing suicide right. anyway. Um, but there seemed to be a pattern between many of these cases where they'd all been involved in on similar online communities. They were all seen like drawing artwork of a blue whale. And I don't know how much evidence there actually is for a blue whale app or blue whale site. That's giving challenges. Uh, did, did any of you read it more carefully than I did? And I skimmed no. it, but there was a, an arrest made of a, a young Russian man um, yeah. who seemed to be behind this. And, so and, I mean, there's some truth to be unrepentant, to it. and it was like these aren't humans; they're biodegradable waste. Yes, which is which is a line that's actually kind of recycled in the in the and towards the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there yeah, might have been I mean, a conspiracy. Yeah, from what I was reading, it there's kind of a uh, a questionable piece of journalism that came out about all this, linking the deaths to the blue whale uh, phenomenon, but no, uh, yeah, no. It was kind of more of a correlation rather than a causation type of thing. You might say that the journalist was imposing meaning upon those deaths. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a familiar story and a familiar urban legend that goes back to the beginning of the internet, really. And we've had variations of it. We've had the Momo Challenge, uh, mm-hmm. my favorite. All This idea that if you let your kids on the internet, they're going to find something they're that gonna die. Them. They're going to yeah. die. Yeah. Well, there was that great documentary, Fear.com, too. That was yes, of course. Oh, I've never course. seen that. Is that is that worth watching, Stephen? Fear.com? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean... Oh, are you, oh that was a about. joke. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know... The, the oh, Fear.com whole... is not actually a documentary. Is that the joke? That's the joke, yeah. Oh, okay. It's a very, very famous film that... Uh, anyway, let's move on. <laughs> So this, I mean, this is all fertile ground for horror, fertile ground for urban legends and conspiracy theories, and who's to say if there was a real blue whale or not, but it's a pretty scary concept. Reading the Wikipedia for it, reading the news articles about it gave me the goosebumps a little bit. The movie is probably, <laughs> this movie is probably the worst possible interpretation of this story. You could <laughs> I was going to say, make. if you want... If you want reverse goosebumps, whatever that would be, watch this movie. There's nothing remotely scary about it. <laughs> yeah, because like for something that's sort of creepy and we don't really know the the origins of the real life thing or or how it actually functioned, this movie simultel- simultaneously tells you way too much about it. Like there's way too much information given, but also none of it makes any fucking sense. So 
it's it's like it's the worst kind of explaining you know it kind of goes back to that like serial killer thing where it's like michael myers is more interesting when he's just michael myers so you don't really fucking know shit about him he gets less interesting the more they reveal and this is kind of that similar situation where way too much information is revealed about this like there's so much backstory there's so many so many like players behind the screens ostensibly orchestrating this whole thing but it makes so little sense that on top of an explanation that you don't need it's also so fucking confusing that it's it's duly worthless well the script is almost entirely exposition and like philosophical pondering about <laughs> the blue whale stuff it reminded me weirdly of like what a David Cronenberg movie would be like if David Cronenberg was in no way, shape, or form talented. It does kind of carry <laughs> the same shape of something like Crimes of the Future in an odd way, um, mm. where the dialogue is just like so unnatural, and it's all about the characters talking about the themes of the movie, except right. it's dull. It doesn't ultimately seem to have anything to say. It's not very thought-provoking. Oh, I think it has a lot to say. It's just not interesting. I, I, <laughs> okay, I, I, well, that's fair. <laughs> there, there, I would add a third thing. I would say that it's all, you know, exposition. And what was the second thing you said? Um, like like philosophical oh, yeah. pondering. Yeah, ph- the philosophical pondering, exposition, but also a shit ton of melodrama. Like yeah. soap opera, screaming at people, relationships gone awry, stuff that's just kind of there for no real you know, uh, story purpose relevant to the, the app. But like, I just felt like there was a great deal of moralizing in this movie, (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. like about the internet, about how you should behave in a relationship, about how you should behave with your family, all kinds of stuff. And it's like, you're getting a million Sunday morning or Saturday morning specials thrown at you at once watching this film. And, Frankly, like for many reasons, this is one of the reasons if I like had a relative who actually took the Momo challenge and killed themselves, I'd be offended at this fucking movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's pure exploitation. Yeah. Like, I I can only imagine like the Zodiac movie or or the Mothman prophecies being so fucking glib about these deaths. Yeah, there are so many weird little vignettes, little morality plays along the way in this. It feels very episodic, especially because, again, the the character behavior is so inconsistent sometimes between scenes. So almost you can see the same characters in two scenes and they almost feel different at times because it's like, what? Like, oh, we'll talk about in the spoiler room, but there's there's one particular character shift towards the end where I'm just like, this person was doing something 180 degrees different from what we're seeing her do right now. Uh, I guess that gives it away a little bit to reveal the gender, but fucking whatever. Um, <laughs> like it's it's just it's really it's baffling. I, I one of the ones that really comes to mind for me is the scene where who's like the who's the asshole guy? I don't know any of their names, but yeah, no, they're, they're, yeah. There's like a stock character, like he'd well, be wearing and, a polo with a pop collar <laughs> if they made this movie here. Is he the one? He's the one who's dating the older woman, yes. and he <laughs> yes. doesn't want to marry her. Yeah. Oh my okay. fucking god! This one. I, most- I wanted. I wanted to call this guy Joker because he had Joker energy at a certain point. But for reasons we'll reveal in the spoiler room, <laughs> I decided not to call him that. But there's this scene where, yeah, he's. Well, I mean, he's dating two different women, right? He's dating a woman who's closer to his age, I think, who he's an asshole to all the time. Then he's also dating the older woman. Did I misunderstand this? Is he? Because that would make sense. Why I didn't know what the fuck was going on. 
Yeah, because at a certain point, I like I. I mean, I wasn't paying a great deal of attention to large portions of this already short movie, but like, I thought it was the same girlfriend, and then I was shocked that he was that he said that she was like twice his age because she didn't look yeah. it to me. No, she didn't. She did not. They get into this whole fight, and he like psychoanalyzes both of their own reasons for yes. dating each other. <laughs> like he's simultaneously telling her, like, basically, "Fuck you! You're an old, ugly woman. Why should I even be dating you?" She's pissed because uh, he doesn't want to have a kid. Right? One of you just said that. I think. Yeah, right? doesn't want to yeah. have a kid. Doesn't want to get married. She says something like, um, <laughs> "I I love the child in you, the child I never had." <laughs> That was so wild. And oh then, and then, what's his final like jab at her, where he like like sticks the knife in the psycho a psychoanalysis knife in her, where he's like you... he reveals his Oedipal complex or some shit. Like, yeah, he's like my mother left my father for a man my age. That's why I'll oh, never date right. a younger woman. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's lots just like, of lots of oversharing going on in this scene. <laughs> like, it's like I'm, the room. I mean, that is straight yes. out of the room. Yes, I thought of the room, and I mean, I I actually just rewatched the room this past weekend, but so it was fresh in my mind. But yeah, I thought of that a lot during this. I'm trying even to in just out. like shot composition and editing. Oh my god, I love. There's so many times in this movie where like the music bed just drops out when it cuts to another location. <laughs> and I laughed yeah. every single time. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, Chris said this just last week and I mean, I whatever. You know, it's not like there's any suspense right now about m- what my rating's going to be, but this may be this may be the worst film I've seen for this podcast. Or at least it's up there. I, I oh, suppose yeah. I probably trauma blocked several others that are at its at its level. But man, hundred percent. I mean, like shit show. this is up there with Grandmother's Farm and American Poltergeist for me as like quite possibly the worst thing I've ever seen. And and like the qualification that I add to that is like. N- Okay, we've seen a lot of bad movies that are kind of shapeless, whatever. They just kind of like wash over you that are maybe a struggle to get through. But on top of that, I found this film and it's the way that it deals with suicide, particularly like teen suicide or, you know, suicide in young adults. I Child so suicide. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right, too. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's funny because the movie is like so for a essentially a horror movie. It has such like a lightness to it that the a child kills himself and I thought nothing of it. It's handled like I I, I don't know. It's it's just handled without any kind of care whatsoever. It well, just happens. Well let's let's talk about it because that is one of the standout scenes in the movie for me. Because it starts let's not forget that it starts with at least sixty full seconds of just slow mo shots of this child's birthday party repeatedly returning to the clowns at the birthday party. Uh-huh. This montage has a real fixation with these clowns. We see the same clowns throw the same bowling pins and the ride the same walkers. unicycles. Yes, multiple <laughs> times. And it's all it's there's just music and and slow-mo shots of this birthday party. And it's probably I think I'm underestimating. It has to go on for at least 2 minutes. This You're right. child, this child is attending his birthday party in a full tuxedo a with a yeah. bow tie. <laughs> He looks fly as shit. He runs away from the party, is chased by a family member of, I forget how I, or I don't think I forget. I think I never fully understood her relation to him. He's chased by that family member. And then bizarre cut to a different family member finding his body. Mm-hmm. 
There's just, yeah. there's no, there's no plot breadcrumbs to string those moments together. It's like they were. It's kind of psychedelic almost. Like I was going to rewind it to see what happened. And I was like, no, I don't fucking care because this movie doesn't care. The filmmakers don't care to make this. Yeah. Clear. And, and then we have the extremely dramatic soapy scene of the mom shrieking and screaming over him. The police like roughly trying to pull her away. And she is just going for broke on this performance. I mean, obviously you are shocked when you see your dead child, but like it's so over the top. And then there's also something really funny and strange that happens after she leaves the room too that I forget now. But that sequence in general, my jaw was just on the floor. You know, all right. So who the hell knows? But like this Egypt the the and i just googled myself to make sure that i had this right uh egypt censors films and specifically they cut scenes out of netflix shows and 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 things like that well things that are coming into the country so i imagine that it's hard to make a movie in egypt and maybe there was a scene that connected those two scenes that made sense, but it was too upsetting. And so they said it has to go. And so sure. some government guy had final cut. <laughs> it's um, like the, the kid, it's fine for the kid to commit suicide. That's all right. But you know, as far as like the exact play by play of how the adults find out about it. Well, well, a, we don't see him commit suicide, which well, should no. presumably be the most upsetting part. And we see his bloody know, body though. Yeah, sure. Sure. The after, that was though. the compromise but I don't know. I, I didn't mind the melodrama stuff. I mean, you know, I like the Saw movies. I like it when characters are screaming at each other. I like it when someone's wailing over a dead child and the cops are pulling her away in a comic fashion. But um, see, Chris, you just, you said characters and I don't like, none <laughs> of these are really characters. Like That's everyone true. in this movie is like completely one dimensional. And they're, I would say at least half of the, quote unquote characters in this movie i had no idea what their utility was <laughs> like what what yeah why they why they existed it was like a fucking altman movie at times let let, let me let me add a little bit of, let me flesh out the the the, the tapestry of characters a little bit i'm not gonna get specific because i don't know who any of these people are but but basically <laughs> chris, let me just, chris let me just say first that's a good point about the censorship and i'm gonna filter the rest of my thoughts the rest of my perception on this through that because that's a it's it's a good point. It's a sensible explanation for a lot of the really weird transitions in this. And, you know, maybe it's one of those cases where we're being unfair to this thing because it got cut up against the director's wishes and we have no idea what the original wish was. So thanks for bringing that to the table. Who knows? And also, it doesn't like, make it any less bad of a movie, though. Let's and I don't fair. know. Because, like, I mean, you know, in the U.S., like the, with the Hayes Code and everything, it was like... Remember, everybody, you make whatever movie you want, but at the end, there has to be a moral lesson against mm -hmm. bad things. And, like, well, we'll talk about the end of this movie, but when we get to the end of this movie especially, but it's throughout the moralizing I was talking about, I felt like... It, I, I felt like Frank Sinatra was coming on screen and giving a monologue about like the right way to behave in a society, like like Frank, so yeah, you have, like cop characters and things like that who, with no nuance, like dictate what you should take away from this movie and apply to your life. And for all we know, that's imposed by the government too. Even though it was some of my favorite stuff in the movie, I don't know. Wait, Frank Sinatra? Is there a movie where Frank Sinatra does that? Oh, just, you know, movies of that era. I don't know. I was thinking oh. of the Manchurian Candidate where he gives a <laughs> speech at the end, but I don't think it's a necessarily moralistic speech. I don't know. <laughs> um, anyway, 
so yeah, the, the like we have this this teenager commit suicide at the very beginning of the movie, and then we start start with his family and go out from there. But very quickly, there's like a whole consortium of young people who are friends <laughs> and know each other, and they know right off the bat that this is the blue whale game. Yeah, you also have police who are very you know stock police characters investigating the case you have an older detective and and a couple of his beefy like lieutenants and stuff and they don't really believe in the blue whale uh, but they're they're, the, they're open to it a little bit yeah there are like three distinct police who i think you're supposed to like enjoy and appreciate as distinct characters and i was getting at least two of them confused all the time <laughs> even though they look nothing like each other <laughs> I love when the I love when they pull the the cloth off the kid's face and the one cop holding the coffee just he dramatically falls, falls over like he just has a fucking stroke. <laughs> this is his job, mind you. Like right. he probably sees this shit all the time. Yeah. Um, and then you have like the masterminds who are off like on their own little ranch conspiring and stuff. But the the core sure. group of young people who are the main characters throughout the, the movie, they decide that they're going to get themselves on the app by faking because because the app targets people who have like depression, like troubled yeah. kids. <laughs> so they go incognito as depressed. <laughs> yeah, they they're like, all right, well, so we're gonna log on because the app, well, you know, um, it, it, it's invitation only, sorry, but you can mm-hmm. like you know apply, and then they go on and they're like, all right, my name is going to be like sad boy 13 (laughs) and they all get invitations to join but the app knows because like there seems to be a network of spies involved i don't really know (laughs) unclear Um, no can anyone explain to me what is going on with the masterminds we see in this movie leaving out of course the spoilers that we're going to lose our shit about when we go to the spoiler room but did anyone understand like their motivations no. where they fit into the grand hierarchy of who's running this thing etc every time we see them they're sitting out they're meeting taking a meeting outside hanging out the, in the backyard the old dude's got his laptop out which i love all that shit for the record <laughs> really? like, yeah it's like el mariachi like i don't know how well you remember that i there's remember like, el mariachi there's like a drug guy who's like always like by the pool on a cell phone and stuff like it's, but they're it's just, classic you have but they're just talking like sitting outside with your mac his 13 inch macbook pro running the blue whale it's funny <laughs> like you can't put a fucking macbook in a in a in svu but you can put one in the guy running the blue whale app you know what? I heard that Apple will not let will not let you use their products in your movie if the villain is the one using them. It's like a villain can't have an iPhone. Yeah, well, this there guy. Was, there were conspicuous like laptop covers over some of the MacBooks in this. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but there was like oh, a Sony. You know. It was a Sony laptop cover over one of the MacBooks. That Apple's in full view. So if we go to war in Egypt, it's going to be because Apple (laughs) lobbied for it and Warner Brothers lobbied for it. (laughs) (laughs) Which, again, we'll get to in the spoiler room, folks. You're in for a wild ride. Can anyone explain the motivations of that guy, the kingpin type guy? A little bit. Or nunchuck woman. Well, and bit. also he says something about her being like he's seen her videos too, and so right. like, who? What the fuck is she? Yeah, and, every, and she always shows up just to be asked to leave too, so he can talk yeah. to the uh, the the younger guy who wants to go to America with him. I think and, I, and, I, and I should say she does explain her motivation at the very last fucking moment. Yeah. but up until that point, 
If 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 you've got context, Chris, please bless me. So I don't understand the hierarchy because we see a kingpin, the kingpin's assistant, also a doctor who's involved with the kingpin. But mm-hmm. I don't know yes. if the doctor is in charge or if the kingpin's in charge. I don't know who's at the top of the hierarchy. I think the kingpin is definitely running the doctor. Should I think the doctor has been taking orders from the kingpin and then starts to like? La- I mean, because he's like given the fucking expose to like the fucking Barbara Walters of Egypt. Like <laughs> he's, he's, he's blowing the lid off blue whale a little bit okay. and then, and pays the price. All right. I didn't yeah. understand that, but I believe you. Cause he does, uh, re- he does sort of reveal the Kingpin's motivations on, in that interview. Right. And he talks yeah. about how, how the Kingpin thinks that, you know, like the, like the, the depressed youth of the country are just biological waste and need to be disposed of. Well, the Kingpin says that killing people isn't the point of the game. He hmm. he says that the game basically it's a psychological experiment. They are they are doing psychological research for some sort of greater good. And it it's uh first it's it's seen as a treat the, the, the cop I think explains that it's a treatment for depression. <laughs> yeah, I was really confused by that. Because it's like this doctor figured out how to treat depression because getting care for your depression can take months or years and killing yourself can take five minutes. So it's like <laughs> <laughs> kind of problematic, but, um, it's, so, I, wellness. It's, 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 it's just a crazy doctor. Who's like got some design that he's going to improve the world. I don't think the point is to kill people, but he's, he's doing research and, and trying to figure out how to manipulate people on a, on an app or something. And I guess to see how far he can take it, he's, he's killing people. That was my read on it. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I buy it. The woman, uh, is just his like, you know, assistant. I think it's implied that she might be a prostitute. Well, did we you, don't use that. Porn we don't star use that maybe? word anymore, Chris. All right, uh, a, a sex worker, although maybe maybe under duress. So so yeah. I don't really know. A uh, 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 trafficked person, perhaps. Uh, a nunchuck worker, perhaps. Perhaps, um, because they they talk a lot about you know oh you look just like your photos and and is that your real name? No, it's not. And there's like the guy's kind of winking at his other business associate, yeah. like they've been passing her around, but she's just like. You know, she's down for whatever. She'll, uh, she's just a henchman in the in the criminal enterprise. She's the cure for their depression, I think. But there's she's, other dudes like we have this like like this little guy kind of roaming around. We have this guy like lurking around yeah. the house. Yeah. Someone took pictures of the dead teen at the beginning. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and we don't really know who. And oh right, because there's that scene where they're like sitting around in the backyard, like. Ripping through the pictures just of the smiling. dead kid, they like just, have... just yucking it up. Look what we did, <laughs> which is kind of a cool scene. Like it doesn't take a lot of imagination to envision that scene. Where, like so, scene one, you see the kingpin and this like female henchman like flirting and stuff, and then scene two, he's like showing her these like dead body pictures on his MacBook Pro, and she's like, "Oh, that's cool." Like that, that's <laughs> you can see the potential where that could be interesting in another movie. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, it it could be. I don't know. And this is this is funny because generally I I am not. I'm generally not arguing for this sort of thing. But I want, frankly, I want to see the campy version of this because this is such a ridiculous. The whole thing is so ridiculous. And there's there's promise in the idea of doing this actually tongue in cheek. But I just it I don't think it is. I don't even think it needs to be. It tongue-in-cheek. certainly isn't like, actually. Like, 
that's that's one way you could take it. I would like to just see um like a middle brow Blumhouse movie about this. Like mm. it's a spooky urban legend. I think it's hard to go wrong when it's like all these kids are hurting themselves, they're killing themselves, and look, like all of them went to school and painted a blue whale like days before they did it. What does it mean? All you around went, the globe. You want to see the blue three whale three? Yeah. And and one one brave United States district attorney has to get to the bottom of the case. I mean, you guys are talking about how you want to see like a like a middle brow version of this movie, and I don't understand that because I I would like to I would I would watch a middle brow version of like a story, not this one, based on the blue whale concept. Yeah. Oh, but I don't want any saying. element from this. I I'm want at least ten characters cut out. <laughs> I'm just saying there's so much in this that's over the top and ridiculous. You know, specifically the scene that Chris was just talking about with them, like. Uh, you know, jovially perusing the pictures of this dead teen. Like, that's ridiculous. It's not supposed to be ridiculous in that scene, but I want to see the version of the movie where it's like, oh, this is hilarious. Like, this is such an outrageous moment, and the the filmmakers actually know it in this case. Oh, maybe like the John Waters version, you know, where like his protagonist yes. is like the worst fucking people ever yes. and laugh at the most atrocious thing. Okay, I can see that. I can get yeah. that. That is exactly what I want to see. I want to see the version where where Mark Ruffalo goes into the Apple store and he says, you saw the blue whale on her arm and you sold her a phone. What were you thinking? Don't you know this app is out there? How many of you have been selling phones with this app? I don't know what you're doing. What is that a reference? Oh, is this Spotlight or are you doing Spotlight? There's there's like at least three movies where Mark Ruffalo is on the trail of a conspiracy. Oh, okay. And gets all there, ruffled there's up. A, there, no, yeah. there's more than that. Ruffled there's fucking, <laughs> there's fucking spotlight. There's fucking uh, yep. uh, the the deep Zodiac. water, black water, or whatever the, the the one about Teflon or whatever. What's that is called? That... Dark waters. Dark waters. Is that it? Never heard of that. Oh, oh. Oh, this was a big deal a couple years ago. There's that one. There's Zodiac. There's Shutter Island, kind of where he's the guy who oh, goes yeah. on a rant and yeah. about the conspiracy. Yeah, I guess that's true. That is this kind is of Mark Ruffalo's thing. Yeah. 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 And it's a mark of a damn good movie every time, too. (laughs) Anyway. Fuck. Oh, boy. I mean, we've already... I feel like we've already spoiled some things, so we might as well go down to the spoiler room and get into the real doozies. Here's here's the thing. Like, yeah, like, and you, we did spoil some big things. Like, there's a cute little Moppet boy, and we told you that he's going to die, and you're going to be like, oh, but that's a spoiler. It's not. It, the re- the reasons to watch this movie have not even begun. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. All right, I'll, I'll review. You're not going to know who who. There's there's no following the characters in this movie. No, I'll no. review it, and I want to I want to set the precedent. Chris and I were talking about this before we recorded. This is a hardcore screw it. You might. Th- just like with the open house, you might think that you want to see this movie because it's short. It's like an hour and 16 minutes or something. We're laughing our asses about it. There's a big, one of the most shocking things I've ever seen in cinema <laughs> happens in this movie. And I'm telling you, you don't, you do not want to waste your time. And also you're not going to believe us. What we're about to tell you, you will not believe. And I know that you're going to think these guys are full of shit. I got to watch the movie to see if that happens. And you're going to love it when it happens, but you're going to hate yourself. <laughs> 
You're going to want to blue whale yourself for having seen everything that leads yeah. up to that moment. Don't do it. This is the worst <laughs> movie that I've seen for the podcast. Screw it, Chris. Yeah, it's when not we, when we do, when you describe this, they're going to think that we've like all finally had a psychotic break after yeah. like the f- past five years of doing this. I'm not convinced I, I, I haven't. I thought I did. Yeah, um, yeah I, I'm not going to go as far as Steven. It's not, but uh, The Open House is still my least favorite movie. This one had, you know, a few scenes that had some wild energy in them. And the last few scenes uh, were worth the hour, maybe, that I put into this movie. I would not recommend it, though. Uh, it's definitely a screw it. Do not watch it, but I've seen worse. Uh, Patrick. Yeah, I just have I mean, to say really quick, this is two episodes in a row, movies that I that no one should see, and I have tears in my eyes before the spoiler room break talking about it. Sorry, Patrick, go ahead. No, I mean, it, it's pretty much the same for me. I mean, I'm sure no surprises that it's a screw it for me as well. Um, it is an incoherent mess that, yes, does end up yielding some of the most, I mean, maybe... Maybe one of the most shocking scenes I've ever seen in a movie and in absolutely no way that you could imagine. Like you hear that and you're like, oh, there's probably some horrible torture scene. You know, there's sexual assault or there's some shocking political view espoused. No, it's so much stranger and and more unexpected than that. Um, But but as Steven said, absolutely would not recommend that you go watch it. Just listen to us tell you about it in the spoiler room because it's not worth watching the whole hour and 16 minutes. And I don't think it would work on its own either. Like just going and watching that one clip doesn't, it's like you need the- You have to have the buildup. You need to feel your brain leak out of your ears for an hour and 10 minutes before you see that movie to really grasp the full context. <laughs> so I, I would it. I would say if anyone watches the first hour of this movie and can guess what's going to happen <laughs> in 20 guesses, I will give them $1,000. <laughs> I will give them my entire assets. They can have my house. They can have my fucking savings, my cats, my car. You get it all, pal. <laughs> Yeah, no it's cheating. Yours. No cheating. No. <laughs> oh my god! And you know, it, it, this is fun because, like, you know, we watch a lot of movies that aren't good on this <laughs> show, and we try to be as gracious as we can be with the movies and the filmmakers. And so we're always trying to walk that line where we're like, we want to give you the real deal, we want to tell it to you straight, but we don't want to bully anybody, we don't want to punch down on people, we don't want to uh, uh, mock people who are doing their best. But every now and then, and twice in the last two episodes a movie comes along that's just you can't apologize for it (laughs) you can't do anything but scream and laugh about it and so it's refreshing to not have that moral obligation Mm -hmm. oh yeah this movie is an hour and 15 minute hate crime against cinema (laughs) there's no apology necessary yeah i mean like before you know i I said you know i thought chris made a very good point about the censorship and that recontextualized certain scenes Censors could not make the moment that we're talking about make more sense. <laughs> that is not censors' fault. That is a choice. <clears throat> that there's no expl- there's no explaining it. There's no excuse for it. All right. Well, speaking yeah. of things that there's no explaining and no excuse for, 
Go visit our broken website, <laughs> everyorgmovieonnetflix.com. <laughs> the only thing more surprising than what we're about to tell you is if you went to everyhorrormovieonnetflix.com and it worked. <laughs> and it was current. <laughs> we do have, if you're interested in such things, we do have a partial list of the movies that we've seen out there and the ratings that we've given them. We've got a merch store out there where you can buy merch. Oh, man, I should make a new T-shirt for this movie yeah you should this they, is this is finally the reason for it yeah they, hmm. they they don't care about intellectual property <laughs> no <laughs> also go to our social media we are at amoncast e-h-m-o-n cast and we would love to get a like a follow a share a uh, subscribe from you on any of those platforms we'd love to talk to you out there about the movies that we're watching even better than that, we'd love to talk to you about the movies we've been watching on our Discord, which there will be a link to in the show notes. It's a really fun, really lively community with uh, horror fans and Amon fans from all over the world, and um, we have a great time there. Uh, what's the other thing I'm forgetting? Oh, yes, go to your podcast provider of choice, leave us a review, and subscribe to the show. It uh, helps juice our numbers, our rankings, and helps others, other, others find the show. All right, this is your last chance. If you want to go watch The Blue Whale for yourself and experience this <laughs> shit as we did, tune out now and go do it. Because we're going to spoil everything when we go to the spoiler room. We're, we're climbing up to the we're climbing up to the second floor the of the old Amon Ranch, and we're <laughs> and we're taking a flying leap onto the spoiler <laughs> pool patio. <laughs> See you there. All right, y'all, we have plummeted into the, the patio of the pool, the spoiler pool patio. <laughs> I've touched my cheek down because I'm about so, to take a Oh, nap. so gently. You know oh, what so I gently. found out? You know what I found out? Not to delay the spoilers much longer, but they, they put a sheet over this guy's body, and then the, the sheet immediately is just, like, soaked with blood. You know dead bodies don't bleed? <laughs> well, I mean, I think we're to assume that his head like cracked split open on the pavement when he hit because you see blood like spurt out of his head as soon as he hits yeah but i think i don't think it's realistic for it to be all over the top sheet like that when he's under his sheet oh yeah. are you telling me there's something in this movie that's not realistic yeah i am but i i found that out recently that if you're cut because i found this on forensic files actually yeah <laughs> um but like because your heart it provides the pressure for blood to like come out of your body so if you're dead and your heart's not beating the blood is just gonna a pool like in the lowest points of your body it's not going to come out of your cuts well certainly not like the yeah it wouldn't come out of the back of his head i guess like anyway, but, a, little, a little bit of science for you your eyes stay open too because it takes it takes like must it takes muscles to close your eyes so dead bodies should in movies should always have their eyes wide open i learned yeah. that from tom savini so i'm going to attempt to like provide what little context there is for the spoiler <laughs> and i'm gonna lose my mind all over again hearing you so, describe it <laughs> but like very late in the movie like when the plan has pretty much come to fruition and basically all our young characters are dying in one way or another uh, i'm not sure anyone actually kills themselves but there's like a stalker who's killing them like if they don't self-harm or just for fun 
I guess it's it's very confusing why this is all happening. Um, but all the loose ends start getting tied. The, the the doctor that we talked about is murdered. And like we're down to like the kingpin and his henchmen. And they start talking about the boss. And like like they answer to a higher authority. <laughs> yes, they do. Someone else can say what, who, who that authority is. But no, you're not, they're not going to believe us. They're not going Especially, to believe us. You know why they're not going to believe us? Like it's insane in and of itself but especially because it's us delivering this information this is something we joke about so often who's gonna believe that the fucking Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker is in this movie I was gonna say we should say it together we should say it together we deserve to share this experience in the way that he shows up like the Kingpin and the other folks is dark out they're having a conversation and all of a sudden the Joker just manifests out of the trees <laughs> for going full joker it's the joker it's, it's the joker with the, with the joking like the joaquin phoenix joker makeup and, and the, the outfit the kind of salmon costume and let me tell you i almost became joker in this moment because i, I again talk about psychotic breaks i was like no there's no way like that just has to be like a clown we know there are clowns in this movie there's a lot of clowns earlier and yeah. it's like, okay, this just has to be a clown that happens to look like Joker. And it's like, nope, no, it is that face paint. It is the same like shade of jacket and shirt and everything. It's cosplay. It's got kind of the Joker mannerisms and everything. It's he's Joker. laughing like Joker, and yeah. and and yeah, and he's presented as like the ultimate evil in this story. He's actually the voice that you've been hearing through the app the whole uh-huh. time. Well, and that's so strange, too, because he comes out. He's only seen in a single shot, if I remember correctly. He comes around the table. And even, you know, we all experience this together. We agree it's Joker, but you still see him so little that, like, I'm still questioning it. It's like, okay, this has to be just a coincidence that I'm reading Joker. into. I mean, it's definitely Joker, but it's still, you see so little that I continue to question it. No, and I still feel like like people who are listening to this episode are like, oh, so there's a guy who looks like Joker. No. No. It's the Joker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I, one, no one calls him Joker, but I mean, it's Joker. It's understood. You don't have to call him by his name. Yeah. It's understood. I screamed. Thing- I straight up screamed out loud when this happened. <laughs> and I almost texted you guys, and I was like, I got to save all this energy because we're recording in like 15 minutes. Yeah. I, know, I was like, why have I not gotten texts about this? How could anyone watch this and keep it to themselves? Did you think you had perhaps hallucinated it? Because yeah, we didn't I, give you I, any. I, think I rewound it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the especially bizarre thing with the voice is that at first it has kind of like what, what I would think of as a Joker voice from what I remember. It's got that, you know, like kind of like malevolent, like giggly kind of quality yeah, to it. Yeah, high pitch cackle. And yeah. then the camera pans away from Joker, who is never to be seen again after this, even though <laughs> the scene goes on for some time after it pans away from him and he continues to talk. But then he goes into like the I am the I am the voice of the blue whale, and it goes into this like demon like low voice it's, that we've been hearing through Egypt's the whole movie. Egypt's answer to James Earl Jones is how the blue whale talks. It yeah, sounds... but it's like kind of distorted too, like it's... electronic distortion. Maybe so. I don't know what they're it's trying to do. S- Maybe they're like, this is it just evil. This is just evil itself is the boss. It's not personified, but like we're going to use the joker because it's the most evil damaged thing we can think of <laughs> and then you know when you don't see it anymore much like satan it changes form or something and you can't see it but you can feel and hear the evil i don't know 
Oh, maybe, maybe it is literal Satan. Maybe they cast Satan for this movie and Satan, you just see what you want to see in it. And like Joker is just what we think what of when we, we think of the ultimate. All evil. three of us have the same shared unified so, vision of the of Satan, apparently. Wait, I rescind my whole comment about don't watch this movie. I actually want as many Amon listeners as possible to watch the movie and tell us if you saw Joker too. What did you see? Did you see your dad? Did you see JK Rowling? <laughs> yeah wow oh my god (laughs) oh boy what a fucking insane thing like i i i didn't rewind it to see if it was not in fact greg turkington in the costume and the makeup (laughs) but i wouldn't be surprised i i might have an explanation for why this is here and please better better to say it or better to just leave it like (laughs) 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 lay it on me i gotta hear this um, the director of this movie is a guy named Allah Morsi. Todd Phillips. No. <laughs> no. Uh, Allah Morsi, who's um, an Egyptian. He, and, and he is like a comedic television. He's like Mr. Bean. It looks like he has like hundreds <laughs> of Egyptian comedy TV credits. And huh. uh he played the Joker in like a sketch comedy series. Oh, not Joaquin Joker, but like just another variant of the Joker. So I, this might just be like something that he likes to play and is good at and thought it was appropriate enough to reprise in his movie and, and be a little nod to his fans. I don't know. (laughs) Wow. I think that's, I'm pretty sure it's, it's the director who's playing that character. Oh. I think he might show up in a couple other scenes out of okay. makeup. So it's not Greg Turkington, definitively. Okay, that's <laughs> right. good to know. I mean, it still makes no fucking sense on a plot level regardless, but that's an interesting fun fact to know. Yeah, I mean, that might be the intention, but it doesn't make it any less surprising when you see Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker come out. <laughs> it doesn't movie. make it any no. less seemingly litigious either. <laughs> like, I can't no. believe they got away with this. No. Well, and it's so... <laughs> it's so strange too because it's not it's not a dramatic reveal at all really you know it's not fucking superman Mm -mm. like strutting in and like it's not it doesn't have that marvel post credit scene kind of action that you would sort of expect something this shocking to have to it it's just almost mundane that joker happens to walk out and join this conversation Joker ambushes the movie is like the way that it feels like it's just you're watching this movie that's starting to drag on a little too long and get boring and suddenly the fucking Joker is there out of nowhere like there's no build up to it I was asleep and then I was wide awake (laughs) yeah but but, but let let me let me dig into it a little bit like thematically here and and try to try to give this shit its day in court because (laughs) it's probably gonna get it soon (laughs) (laughs) what what it says to me because all right first of all like i think this movie this movie is is very skeptical of technology and social media and outside influence on families and children right would we all agree on that sure yeah Yeah. so i think the joker might appear as a symbol of of that not just of evil but of outside influence and and outside pop culture maybe um you know western Western media, Western stuff that, you know, and, and think about the, the controversy around the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie mm-hmm. where people were like, oh, like people are going to commit shootings in the theater for this movie. This is like the incel movie. This is going to lead to violence, that movie. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and just no. like the Dark Knight actually did in some ways. I mean, it, I, I don't know if right. I support like actually making a direct connection. The filmmakers are not responsible, but but it still had that effect. Right. And, and there right. was some anticipation of, of of repeating that cycle with the Joaquin Phoenix Joker. And even in the text of even in the even in the fiction around the Joker, like mm-hmm. that's sort of his thing. Like, you know, getting normal people to act like joker <laughs> you know so i mean that that's all fine it still does not excuse this absolute insanity i don't no, think it, it needs an excuse in, i thought it was delightful in, yeah it's insane <laughs> i i just i'm trying i think there's a reason why it's joker specifically other than just oh this guy knows has a joker costume he's not using but mm. i don't know it's it's a it's something else what if he was dressed I, that way for the entire shoot <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that'd be great. I want to follow up on the scene that comes right after that, which also blew my fucking mind because Joker basically, if I'm remembering this correctly, Joker directs Nunchuck Lady to murder the Kingpin. She just snaps yes. his neck and then and and laughs about it, like cackles about it, Joker style. Big and Harley then, Quinn energy. Yes. And in the very next scene, she goes to the cops, confesses, is very distraught. Um, this scene, basically, I, I, this scene entertained me more than the Joker scene, probably. Basically, says like, "I only did all this for money. You don't understand. Like, we live in a society. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't understand. I was, like, I was, you don't know what it's like to be hungry. All that yeah, stuff. you don't understand. You know, socioeconomic inequality. Which I mean." Truly, you know, nobody does. And, you know, usually a theme that I wouldn't mind seeing in a movie, except that it's dropped in so fucking last minute and immediately after a scene in which we've seen her cackle, not even like she's just trying to hold it together and like do what's required of her to make it out of this situation alive. But she is a sociopath in that moment. She's enjoying killing the kingpin. And in the very next scene, she is someone completely different. Yeah, mm-hmm. and again, maybe a censorship requirement or something. Who knows? Who can say? But this scene is so absurd, not just because she has this this change of heart, but because after she confesses, she's like, you don't know what it's like to be hungry. She's talking to the, the older, most senior detective at this point. Mm-hmm. He just starts ber- berating her. Realizing like I've her. never seen in a movie. And it goes on and on. And he's like slapping the shit out of her. Pushing her around. shaking her by the shoulders and being like you know what's worse than being poor and hungry being humiliated being a disgrace to your society blah 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 and living <laughs> living in fear too isn't that one of the big themes of that monologue too yeah. he talks about how it's more important that no one should live in fear which I don't really understand the, the dichotomy between those two choices um, and then that's the end of the movie yeah. <laughs> that's the end of the movie the last like three minutes of this movie is just this monologue by this cop brutalizing this woman and screaming at her about the right way to live in the society big Chinatown energy actually <laughs> <laughs> wild shit man. wild oh. wild that's some shit that's, that's some your movie shit. That is your movie. <laughs> that is your movie. The Blue Whale. <laughs> wow. I, I really, again, we watched some bad ones, but just like, I can't think of one that's just 
I don't think we've ever watched such an absolute head scratcher. This is so, it's bad, but it's also so inscrutably weird. So weird. Certainly the one of the most insane and baffling, like, endings we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We've, we've never no seen. There's no competition. I mean, there's no more dynamic five minutes of filmmaking <laughs> than the not, last five minutes In the minutes history of, of cinema. In the history and, of cinema, yeah. And that's the thing, because the first hour of this movie is just so formless and, mm-hmm. and boring, and just these characters having all these expository conversations that are so boring, talking about, you know, everybody has an IP address, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get this at the end. Yeah, Lord I mean it's Jesus. it's a it really gives you the payoff you deserve after all that build up. I'll say that for it, man. Oh man, this was Ooh. a trip. Chris, what are we watching next time? Usually, my philosophy is to pick stuff that's off the beaten trail, but I feel like I can't risk picking another one of the worst movies we've ever seen in our life so, uh, for the third week in a row. Oh boy. So, oh, you said you can't risk that. Okay, yes. Right. So, so I'm going to throw us a treat and for next episode, we're going to watch Raw. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, okay. I've never seen it list yet? for a long time. Has, has Steven, have you seen it? Uh, it's fantastic. I would love I to remember, watch it again. I remember when, I think when we started this show, you hadn't seen it. Correct. I've I I've watched it within the last year or so and had an absolute blast with it and have been meaning to, to revisit it because I think there's a lot to chew on, no pun intended. So to speak. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been wanting to watch that for a long time. It's also been on my Amon pit list for a while, too. Oh, have so. you not seen it? I haven't. Oh, cool. <laughs> I saw it years ago, so that'll be great. Oh, okay, We deserve cool. a treat after these last couple of <laughs> A little treat, a little <laughs> snack. <laughs> so yeah, two oh, weeks Chris, we'll be can, watching Raw. You can bring the big vegetarian energy to that up, Chris. I will. I v- don't know. Big vegan energy, actually. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll see about that. Well, All right, well, we'll be chewing on some uh, meaty content <laughs> next episode. Until then, uh, again, I'll remind you, uh, follow our social media, Amoncast, E-H-M-O-N-Cast. We'd love to hear from you there. Also love to hear from you on the Discord, the link to which is in the show notes. And even more than that, we'd love to get a nice, thoughtful review from you on your podcast provider of choice. All right. Well, for every horror movie on Netflix, I'm Joker. (laughs) I'm also Joker. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just Steven. Fuck, I wanted to have the three Jokers. God damn it, Steven ruined it. I guess we have the Joker that was in the movie. We still this got the no three Jokers. This is no longer canon. This is no longer canon. All right, see you next time. Bye.